Hello everyone and welcome. Today's topic is Do Talk to Strangers, how to connect with anyone, anywhere. And I'm delighted to have with me today an inspiring guest, uh, someone who's absolutely delightful. It's taking me some time to get Kerry Fritz here. Kerry is an inspiring and energetic uh, communicator. Her passion is about connecting and empowering difference makers and leaders. She does it very, very effectively. She's been coaching and writing and speaking across the Asia Pacific region for over 15 years. She's trained extensively in brain-based coaching skills, built her own international business coaching, entrepreneurs and leaders, organization which presents at conferences. She's the author of three books, uh, co-author of eight more. She delights in sharing stories of connection, hope and encouragement particularly because she personally knows the power of these in her own life and her own experiences. She knows the way up and out of pit of fear, intimidation and inadequacy, isolation, and is passionate about taking others on their own courageous journeys. Through Kerry's latest book, Do Talk to Strangers, How to Net with Anyone Anywhere, and her previous book, Lifting the Lid on Quiet Achievers, Success Stories of Regional Entrepreneurs, her message goes beyond the cultural borders tapping into a yearning that lies within each of us, the desire to connect with those around us. It also opens up countless doors of opportunity, and we'll share those today. Kerry, welcome to Franchise Radio Show. Thank you so much, Brian. It's great to be here at last. Is there anything I missed from your little bio there you'd like to add for our guests? Oh, well, it's a good overview. Actually, there's a bit more in it than I realized. <laughs> so, that's great. You, you've got all the info, I think. <laughs> oh, that's tremendous. Now, I'll, I'll just mention for the benefit of our guests, remember that we do share some great bits of information in these conversations. And with Kerry, I read her book last night, completed the, the excerpts, which I must say, I was scribbling. There's a few things which I think, I thought, my goodness, is this what I've been saying and doing? Brian, wake up. So make sure you've got your notebook and your pencil or pen in hand because you want to take some notes. And if you've got any questions, whilst we can't address them here and now, do let me know because we'll do our best to answer them for you. I guarantee we will very soon. So having said that, just to, just to break into the subject, uh, so have you always been one for talking to strangers or have you always <laughs> been confident talking to people, Kerry? Oh, not at all, Brian. And I just want to go back to something that you said then. You might have been a little bit hard on yourself because I think you're a great connector and hopefully you just see opportunities in the book for even better connecting and maybe more opportunities. But when I met you at the Business for Good conference, the B1G1 conference earlier this year, I was so impressed with your enthusiasm and your passion for what you do. So you connected very well with me and so I was delighted to, to come and join you here. So back to your question, no, and it's a really important question because people do assume that because I'm speaking about confidence, because I'm, you know, jet-setting and meeting people and, and speaking from stage, that it's easy for Kerry because she's just like that, you know, or she's just always been like that. It really is just about changing the conversation in our head, so we can have a bit of conversation about that as we go through our conversation today. I, I know what it's like to be, you know, on the outside. You know, you go to networking functions and there are people that are kind of hovering around the corners or, you know, maybe they're being proactive and taking a, a plate of drinks around or something because it's easier than standing there talking to somebody. It can be really awkward to connect with new people. Growing up in a country town, well, actually out on a farm, you know, I felt quite isolated and, you know, was bullied at school and so I was always on the outside. So I think that was really helpful for me in the long run because I notice when people 
are on the outside. I notice when people are on their own or when they're hesitant to connect. So I just want to make it a bit easier for them. And I think a lot of people in business do things to serve others because they've experienced the lack of that help themselves. You know, whether it's muscle therapists, you know, they're helping people, you know, to be more flexible because they know what it's like. You do get knotted up and you can't move. So, yeah, I think I'm on a mission to create a more inspiring, connected, collaborative world because I know the benefit of that. Yeah, when I think about high school, absolutely terrifying to stand up and present anything in front of the class. And even to go for a job at the bank, I had like two people sitting in front of me. To have a conversation with two people was so daunting. <laughs> One person was always okay. And in a customer service role at a dental surgery, it was my first real job after leaving the farm, it was one-on-one. -on -one. I was, you know, welcoming a patient. I was, you know, just helping them with their questions. But, yeah, as soon as it was a conversation with two people, I felt so intimidated and lost for words and awkward. So I completely understand that when people say, I just don't connect well. Right. So, yeah, I know we share a common interest, as you say, a business for good, B1, G1, where, where, where we met and without passion here for, for Microone Foundation. And that's an important element. And of course, when it comes to conversations, it can be very useful to have those sorts of resources to call on. So let's look at business now, the application of business, because the people yeah. who are listening today are here from the point of view of generally their, their businesses and so on. So, why is talking to strangers or connecting with others such an important topic for business owners? Well, I don't know about you, Brian, but every job I ever got was because I talked to a stranger, because I went into a business and introduced myself, shook my hand. And then starting a business, I didn't have any finances to set up a snazzy website. They were very expensive in those days. And, you know, marketing was all expensive and I just didn't have the funds. So... I just had to talk to people. So I would go to Chamber of Commerce events and art gallery openings and wherever there was people, you know, and and just in daily life, just connecting with people in the supermarket, just chatting with people. Because I was so passionate about what I was doing, which was, you know, leadership, personal leadership coaching, I just found myself in conversation and people would say, oh, I need to talk to you about that. And, you know, I find that I've grown a, a business that's because of Skype and and, you know, email, I could have clients all over the world. My network just kept growing. So when people ask me, how did you grow an international business from Dubbo? It's country New South Wales. And it was because of conversations. So I didn't realize it was remarkable initially. I just thought, this is what we do, isn't it? And uh, because, and I did think that I was sort of inadequate for not having the funds to have a nice looking website. But that's not what I needed. I just needed to be confident in what I was talking about. And because I was enthusiastic and passionate, the confidence came through. And because I'd been learning through coaching to change the conversation in my head. And that's why it's so appropriate to our audience, because whilst you were in a remote spot in Tupper in New South Wales, we're all in an isolated spot in our businesses. If we're business leaders, leaders yes. and business owners, we're faced with the same challenges and the same, I think, you know, most of us question, if we're honest, we question ourselves, we question our Yep. Our, our, our motives and our, our abilities and so forth. Yeah. So that that little bit of extra confidence. So so actually, can yeah. I just can spring? I just, can I add yeah. something to that, Brian? Please, I please think do. Sometimes, as we get more and more involved in the doing of the business, we can hope that other people will do the talking for us, whether it's customers or other staff that. They can go and talk to strangers. They can go to the networking functions. And so we can kind of retreat. And real estate agents, for example, um, 
they spend their life talking to strangers. But as they become very well established, they don't need to talk to strangers anymore because they have so many referrals and it just gets easier. However, it reaches a point where they're getting older and a lot of their clients are older and moved on and they start going, my network's not so big anymore. And so it's something that we need to always be growing. Regardless of where we're at in the business, we always need to be connecting with people and you know, being enthusiastic about what we're doing and especially being very interested in what other people are doing. I mean, that's very pertinent. I'm glad you mentioned it because in, in this age of disruption, which is becoming more and more rapid, the evolution of disruption, you are forever needing to change the business model. I don't care what you do, whether you sell books in a bookshop, whether you serve hamburgers or service cars, the fact is it's changing, mate. And I mean, we've looked at our business model at Franchise Simply and we realised there were changes happening quietly and unless yeah. you're talking to new people and getting new people's feedback, you don't realise this, you're in a voice. So I think the challenge of finding, if not difficult, definitely challenging circumstances and sometimes a bit different to what you've been used to, yeah. kick you out of that complacency. So I think the groundwork is all essential. Can I just bring a question on you? Yeah, sure. And this is the, this is the aspect that got me really absorbed and did quite surprise me when I was reading the book. Okay. And that is, how do you go about talking to these strangers in these network events and other places that you mentioned? Could you share a little well, bit of that? Because there were some really great little tips, I thought, and you, you really picked up the mistakes that we all make handing out our business cards and talking at 100 miles an hour. Okay, and because I'm constantly thinking about this and noticing things. So if I don't share something that you saw in the book that you really liked, feel free to bring that up. But what comes to mind right now, because there are so many elements to this, and so many, every situation is different. But for example, when you walk into a function, there's, there might be a couple of people already talking to each other. And you just want to look around for a friendly face. I mean, that's what we do. We, we just think, you know, where's a friendly face? Uh, I did put something on Instagram a little while ago, you know, looking for the friendly face in the crowd, be the friendly face. So don't walk in looking worried, like, is anyone going to talk to me? I don't know if I want to be here. Like that uncertainty will be on your face. So before you walk in the door, just let go of whatever pressure you might be thinking, I need more clients, um, you know, I'm here because of whatever stressful reason. Just take a deep breath and let that go before you even walk into the room so you can just decide, okay, I'm here, I'm going to connect with people, I'm going to express interest in people. And if we can look for ways to serve others, if we can walk in the room and think who is on their own, who might be feeling a bit awkward about being here, maybe it's their first time. Even if it's my first time, I don't need to go, it's my first time, everyone else should look after me. I can look for, is someone else here for the first time? Maybe I can help them feel welcome. And by doing so, I will, I will feel useful and I will feel, you know, connected because I'm going to help somebody else. So that takes the distraction for any anxiety I might feel about being on my own in a new place. You know, serving drinks is another example that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> um, if we are, but if there's a group of people that you would like to talk to, just look at that group and see who you can make eye contact with. Sometimes they might just turn away. They'll just be like, oh, don't look at me. So they're not, they're not your crowd. <laughs> Maybe try again later with somebody else in that group if you really want to talk to them. But if you are one of those people and you see someone come over near you, be ready to, to look at them, you know, with a welcoming expression, smile. And also just think about your shoulders. Because sometimes you can be, you know, in a, there's, there's a few people here. 
And you just, just a small adjustment says, you know, there's space for you to, to join us. Uh, so, you know, we're picking up on all those little invisible signs, you know, those unconscious signs that we don't often think about. We do pick up on it and other people pick up on that. So just be ready to be welcoming to people. And just be aware that a lot of people are not thinking of this. They're not aware. So just because they don't, you know, move their shoulders or their position to welcome you, it doesn't mean they're unfriendly. They just, it just hasn't occurred to them. They might just be distracted or they might just be so absorbed in the conversation that they're not thinking of being welcoming. And so it's really important to not take things personally. Yeah, that's, that's an important, that's probably, as human beings, it's probably one of the most difficult things for us to do, isn't it? I, mm. I think it uh, depends on our level of confidence and ego, but and yeah. humility and so on. Okay, excellent. Yeah. So, and our confidence so, comes and goes. So yeah. it's so, but, and it goes if we take something personally, if we just think, if we already walk in thinking that we're inadequate in some way, and I was very much like this. I thought, I'm the youngest, I'm the least professional, I should have dressed up more. Uh, not so much that one because I like dressing up, but, but yeah, you can be thinking, oh, I should have worn the other suit. <laughs> Just let go of all of that conversation in your head. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I think walking into the room actually exuding confidence without exuding arrogance, and it's very important, is important. And you and I as speakers would know we've got processes before we perhaps go on the stage, particularly if it's a large audience yeah. that you're going to go through, you know, in your mind going through the finish line and throwing it crosses or dedicating to the audience and that sort of thing. And those little tricks, I think, are things that people perhaps often aren't aware of. But it is it is playing with the mind, if you like. Yes. And I know this is an area where you really is a passion of yours, isn't it? Yes, because I'm bursting to add something. So, yes, I think I'm <laughs> I can see. <laughs> so, so what I want to add to that is, um, yeah, they are tricks because we can tell our brain like, you know, okay, I'm just going to smile and be confident and, and you can follow that path. But it's really important to be authentic and to be of service to others because if we decide that we're going to put on a mask of confidence, then there's this unconscious in our brain question like, is anyone going to see that it's a mask? And if we don't feel like we're completely being ourselves, then we're on guard because somebody's going to catch us out. They're going to see behind the mask and go, ah, she's not as confident as she thinks. It's deciding to, like, it's choosing your focus. So I recently I was in another country and I had spoken to a massive crowd and then I was taken to another venue on the same property and I had been told that the next group of people I was speaking to had been in the the big session. But as we're walking up the stairs, I was told who the audience was by the director of the organization himself. And when he told me, I just went, so were they in that session? And he said, oh, no, they, uh, yeah, so they haven't met you at all. And I just had to rethink on my feet, literally walking into the room. I have to start from scratch because I can't do the 90-minute presentation I just did in a condensed half-hour session because it would just be rushed. These people don't know who, who I am at all. So I just walked in with the question, how can I best serve? And I think that question, we can ask that when we're going into any situation because we're putting the focus on the others, which minimizes our, you know, stress or nerves because it's not about me looking good anymore. It's about how can I best be of service here? So when that's our focus, we don't have to worry about having a mask. We can step into, you know, the best version of ourselves because we're giving what we know is of value to the world. 
Does that make sense? A, yeah, it does. That's a lovely analogy. And congratulations for thinking on your feet in those <laughs> circumstances. But um, there are some other turnoffs, aren't there, that you, that you mentioned? Some of the usual gambits, like I walk in and say, where are you from? Yeah, yeah that question always makes me pause for a moment because I think, do they mean where are you from in terms of what's the business name that you're representing? Or is it where are you from, as in which city? Or, yeah, it's just, it can be a little bit confusing. And also, well, it's not an inspiring question. So it keeps people in the, um, and because it's an automatic question, it keeps people in the automatic response zone. Just like when I say, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, you know, it's, nobody's actually thought about it. Nobody's engaged. Whereas if it's a question like, what are you most looking forward to at this event? Or something that puts a smile on people's face. I'm not sure if this was in what you've read so far. But I've got in the book the smiley face and the neutral face and the, the frowny face. <laughs> Which way does your conversation take people? And so talking about, you know, favorite things, um, best things, things that we're looking forward to, you know, what do you love most about your business? I had this moment where I met this young professional guy and, and I saw his logo so I knew where he worked and I said, oh, what do you do at such and such? And I could see he was like, and I felt it as it came out, it was just, a bit of a dull question, but I was curious. But he started to answer and he didn't, he didn't light up. You know when you ask someone a question and they light up? It just, as soon as I said it, I, it was a flat moment. And I said, actually, forget that. What do you love to do? And he just lit up and he said, I love talking to people. And I went, oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, had a great conversation from there. And because we'd connected, then he could tell me about, you know, his work if he wanted to. And, and I don't actually remember if he did, but I remember that moment. You know, sometimes we do ask the wrong question, and that's totally okay. If we feel like the conversation is flat, we can just give people something else that they would rather work with. So and, can I, can I, re, can I rephrase, sorry, can I rephrase that? I wasn't thinking. Yeah, so or that can type I ask of a better thing, question. Yeah. A better yeah. question, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Well, it shows a bit of humility, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. As well. And it's only yeah. when we're vulnerable that, you know, I always read that it's only when we're vulnerable we really connect. Yes. You've been yeah. reading Brene Brown? Uh, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. But, but things have been drummed into me over the years. Yeah, that's right. So, the, that, that one with regards to uh, where are you from, in the example I read there was, for example, are you from around here? So, yeah. presumably, because that opens up numerous doors, doesn't it? You can follow it from there. There's a segue from that. Yeah, and, and that sounds like location as, you know, I said there was that confusion with where are you from? Like, well, from, you know, company ABC or Sydney or, yeah, which, like, what do you mean? So, yeah, from around here, yeah, it's a bit open. And, yeah, and I realised that maybe you read my, you know, interaction on the beach story. Just realising sometimes questions that we ask might mean something completely different to the other person. So if you just see their reaction, like I saw with that young man, the, the sort of neutral expression or the flat, you know, like, oh, we're just going to talk about work, that expression, then we can just reframe it or offer something of ourselves that's like why we were asking. So if we are actually asking out of interest, then that will come through. If we're just asking because it's just off the top of our head, this is what we ask at sessions like this, then the person they don't need to give anything back if we're if we're giving from a automated space they can give back in that way but if we are giving out of an actual interest and maybe we can say you know oh, I'm just interested to know because I'm not from around here or you know if you're new let me you know tell you my favorite do you know the favorite coffee places around here or something yeah so yeah, no. it's got to be relevant to the situation that's why I don't have scripts you know I do have questions in the book that 
can prompt your thinking. But to go into somewhere with a script, mm. it has you tense and nervous and you forget to be yourself. And people want to connect with you being yourself. Yeah, yeah, not, not with your elevator pitch. No, <laughs> that's right. And there is a section in the book called How to Connect in an Elevator Without an Elevator Pitch. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, the, the the other thing I noticed was uh, we all have this terrible habit. Isn't the easiest thing ever? What's the weather like where you are? How's the weather? What shocking weather we're experiencing at the moment? You yeah. mentioned about that being a turnoff. Can you expand on that, the, the impact it has on yeah. people's mindset? Yes. And again, is it an automatic question or... Is it something that's going to put a smile on someone's face? For example, like I live in a farming community, so if I was to say after like months of drought, you know, like, ah, oh, it's a gorgeous sunny day, isn't it? People, like farmers might be like, ah, oh, yeah, another one. <laughs> mm. And if it's bucketing down rain, we might just go, oh, isn't this rain amazing? And they'll be like, yes. So, again, if you're going to comment on the weather or ask about it, like you're in a different location, it might be because I'm really interested, like, oh, my gosh, how's the weather up in Queensland? I bet it's gorgeous. And I'm thinking about, like, a day at the beach, and there's energy in that conversation. But, again, if it's automated, you know, just don't go there. Right. So if we look about 2017, and we're recording this in October, whenever it is, at the moment, President Trump is the president of America. So we don't go into all the Trump terrible, horrendous stories. We don't go into all the North Korea, you know, nuclear possibilities is what you're saying, because it really puts a negative spin on things and it's not what we're there for. Yeah. And you know, if people bring these things up, I just go, could we limit this to five minutes? Because, and it was happening, you know, before the, the election. And I'm like, I'm actually not voting in that election. Do I need to discuss Hillary or Trump? But I would say to friends who brought it up, you know, can we just limit this to five minutes? Because it's just an energy drainer for me. So I'm just being honest. You know, it's not a useful conversation. But if they really want to talk about it, let's go for it for five minutes. But, yeah, we again, you know, the smiley face, the neutral face and the frowny face, if it's such a controversial issue, unless you're really willing to hear somebody else's perspective that might be completely different to yours, mm. be respectful of it, then, yeah, don't go there. And if they do, then, you know, again, just be respectful. But I saw someone asking an American friend, about politics and he said yeah I'm bored with all that and this man kept going and my friend again said yeah I'm bored with all that he's trying to move the conversation on but this guy wasn't listening because he just wanted to have a little rant being an Australian observing American politics so um, yeah just be mindful of your own energy and the energy of the other person and you can always say oh okay let's move on from that conversation I love the way you do the, sur the surgeon or the doctor's uh surgery sort of approach we've got can we limit this to five minutes it's <laughs> <laughs> the egg time has been turned <laughs> how long do you like your eggs for um, yes. uh, and i suppose the same goes really those age-old ones that my parents taught me you know religion sex politics yep. the economy in lots of t lots of occasions you know, just don't go there unless there's a great story that everyone's everyone's going to be excited about just just have a little vocabulary of other things because you mentioned some, you know, some, some open questions. You know, what's the greatest thing you've done? What have you enjoyed the most? What are you looking forward to? It's to get them sparkling, isn't it, as you say? That's right. Because, you know, and I think a few people have been quoted as saying this people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Hmm. And people won't remember what you said, but they'll remember how, you, how they felt when they were with you. Yeah. So, 
that's really what we want to leave people with is, you know, a connection that that has both of you feeling like we could do that again. Because if you're talking about stuff that's on the news, most people actually are not very well educated about what's going on behind the scenes. So people will just try and sound like they know what's going on. And really, most of us don't. <laughs> so, yeah, you set people up for success when you ask them about their world, when you ask them about, you know, their... Maybe you can ask their advice on something. You know, do you have a favourite cafe around here? Or, you know, where do you get, you know, these beautiful designs from? You know, maybe you see in their business that they've got these cool you know, cushions or, you know, other artwork or something. You know, where did you get that from? That's fantastic. Let them talk about their business and their family, their, you know, whatever lights them up. So that's where you're creating the connection. It's a win-win because yes. it's of interest to them. That builds your relationship with them. So you're going to be memorable as far as they're concerned. Yes. Therefore, the groundwork is laid for the next step whenever or however that may occur. Yeah, absolutely. And people want there to be a next step because you've made a great connection. And if I can just go back to your comment about <laughs> doctor's surgeries, there's been studies done around doctors being sued and the doctors who, and I'm sorry I don't have the stats on me right now, but it just came up. The doctors who engage in a few minutes of personal connection, they just have a little chat with the patient, it's significantly less the number of, you know, cases they get involved in. They're, they're the doctors who don't tend to get sued because like people might want to sue the hospital because the hospital is sort of impersonal. But they don't want to sue their doctor because their doctor has built relationship with them. You know, he's a trusted person in their world. But the doctors that you, you go in, they don't look up from their computer, they, you know, what's going on, they hear your story, they key it into their computer, they do a Google or whatever and uh, send you off with a script. It's a very impersonal situation and you don't go out feeling any better you don't go out feeling reassured or or heard like we all just crave to be listened to and so yeah it's really remarkable the difference in rates of doctors being sued whether they build mm. connection or not. comes down to that empathy you travel a lot you've, you've given a lot of presentations you've met some great people could you tell us some of the interesting strangers that you've met you've got one or two you could you could quote if i haven't caught you uh, out of the um, well, you, you know a lot of these extraordinary people through um, B1G1 as well, like Paul Dunn. And I connected with him because a stranger I connected with on Facebook ended up coming to hear me speak in Melbourne a couple of times and Geelong. And then when she was speaking in Sydney, I went along. And whereas I wouldn't have otherwise, I wouldn't have gone to this event, you know, made the effort to travel, but I just thought she's come to hear me speak a few times. So because of that... I was then introduced to Paul Dunn and, and B1G1, which is really exciting. I did give a copy of my previous book, which is about entrepreneurship, to Richard Branson. And meeting Sir Richard was really quite insightful. It was an insightful moment for me because it was just after I'd met Ray Martin and, oh, help, I can't think of his name, <laughs> another famous Australian <laughs> TV celebrity. And I had met all three of them like within about a month. Uh, two of them came to Dubbo, but Sir Richard was in Perth. And so I, I went there specifically to give him a copy of this book and say I tagged it, you know, where he was quoted and mentioned, put little post-it notes in it. And, you know, say I said thank you for inspiring so many Australian entrepreneurs. And, and I felt like I was giving it on behalf of um, my community and people I'd interviewed for the book. And uh, so I wasn't nervous. And that was a good insight because it wasn't about me. 
because otherwise meeting somebody so influential could be quite daunting. I'm like, here's this country girl just rocking up to meet Richard Branson when he wasn't staying to talk to anybody. <laughs> they said, so Richard has a busy schedule today. He's not sticking around to talk to anyone. So I had to talk to the ushers about, and there's talking to strangers and valuing people in whatever role they're in. And I was able to to step in and give him a copy of the book as he was leaving the room. And And what I realised from meeting him and meeting the other two was they, like people are people. Whatever they've accomplished, you know, they appreciate being acknowledged. They appreciate being spoken to like another human being, not like an idol. I think when people are, you know, like, oh, you know, like just fawning over people, it's like, oh, it's a bit exhausting. But when you engage with them directly and you say, thank you so much for the effort you've put in or thank you so much for the way you've inspired me or that was a fantastic presentation, I really appreciated that you spoke about this, this and this, they they just go, wow, thank you. And, and so Richard was so present. He, he, was, he looked me in the eye, he put his hand on my shoulder, he was like, thank you so much. He's like, wow, this is fantastic. You know, he acknowledged my efforts then in, uh, in doing this book and, and giving it to him. So it was that realization that people are people and also the people that are like really famous uh, not uh, not necessarily you know shooting to fame because of reality tv show or something but people who have worked their whole career and you know done some really hard days overcome a lot of challenges they're real people and they um they really appreciate being connected with like a real person not someone on a pedestal that's interesting, isn't it? And you're right. We all tend to, to be phased out if we're talking to someone who's got a particular reputation. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's an interesting point. So talking to people like that or the experience of meeting people like that, how's that impacted on you and your approach and particularly leading through, I guess, to your book as well? Well, I've realized that nobody's really out of reach because, you know, I might find myself sitting next to a CEO, you know, of a bank or something in an airport lounge or standing in a queue for a coffee or something <laughs> it's mm. like it's amazing when you meet people like that and so that's another reason why I don't initially say so what do you do because some people don't want to talk about what they do uh, I met a lady who was in you know fairly high up in the court system and we chatted the whole flight and then she asked what I was doing and uh, she was going to the theater and I said I was traveling because I was speaking about my new book and she said, oh, what is it? So I, I pulled it out. My business card looks like the book cover. So I'm like, oh, well, this is it. And she laughed and she said, oh, do you talk to strangers? She said, I don't talk to strangers. And, I said, <laughs> and yet we've just had this fabulous conversation. And she said, oh, yes, but it was different. So I started unpacking what was different. And because of her role in, in the court system, and she was, she was very high up and she was like the first woman in her, in that role in the country. And saying at a party or something what she did, people would instantly want to talk about like their, you know, brother or cousin or somebody, some court issue. And it's just not fun. So when she was at a party and somebody would say, so what do you do? She'd say, I work in an office. <sighs> and they would just, you know, the conversation would just stop there. Oh, well, it's a nice night tonight, isn't it? So I realized, you know, if you talk to an entrepreneur and you say, so what do you do? They're busting to tell you. But not everybody is in that space. So I think we need to be mindful and give people an opportunity to talk about stuff that energizes them. Mm, excellent. And that's what's really led to the book, I presume, then. So uh, was was a chance to express that for people. Yeah, and because I didn't realize that it was remarkable to build an international business from from scratch without, you know, all the expensive marketing. 
I would just tell people, you know, friends, colleagues, I would say, oh, I met this guy on the train and then this happened and this happened and, and now these young people out west are getting funding or now I'm working with, you know, this department. And they'd go, hang on, how, how did you have that conversation on the train? How was that not weird to swap business cards? And so people would start asking me how and, and they wanted me to, you know, put that in a teachable framework. And so that's how I created the asking model because even just writing the book, full of inspiring stories. I was like, it's not enough. So the book had a few revisions and, and then I added the whole asking model um, which steps people through the how to connect with anyone anywhere. Brilliant. And that, that's, I suppose that's the objective today. So you shared some great knowledge with us. Really appreciate it. I, I think the listeners probably, can probably guess we could have kept talking for an hour. <laughs> but... Um, can, can I put you on the spot? What's the best piece of advice you've ever received, Kerry? Oh, the, the piece that I would share almost every time is if you're nervous, you're thinking about yourself. So that's not a judgment. That's an observation. And that, that's, that is literally what's going on in our brain. When we are thinking, you know, do I look okay? Should I have worn the other suit? Can I remember my elevator pitch? That's all about you. Mm -hmm. And if you can just let that go and focus on others the nerves disappear. So it's like, you know, that story where I said I walked into that situation going, okay, how can I serve? And I was thinking about what are these people doing, you know, in the world, what is their story? And I've worked with other people like them so I could draw on that. It was about the other people. So, yeah, just to realise that if you're nervous, you're thinking about yourself, you can let that go and shift your focus. So, again, it's about the conversation in your head. Notice, so awareness is the first part of the asking model. So being aware of the conversation in your head so you can change it. Kerry, that's fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed this, learned so much more. And also, I think it's an illustration to anybody in business or whatever it is you do, whether you're looking for social contacts. The fact is that Kerry is an example of what she's done and what she's allowed us to learn of how you can go from a very small space or entity like Dubbo or wherever, and you can grow a business that's an international business. It doesn't matter whether you're selling donuts or whether you're selling presentations or books, but she's done it with literally no marketing because she's been speaking to strangers. So we all know cases where you bumped into someone and a relationship. Some of us are married to people like that. You know, it's just happened. So I think that's that's one reason that I would recommend further research for anybody. So Kerry I did twist your arm earlier and you did say you would yield and provide something for our listeners if they'd like to get some more information. <laughs> can, can, I, uh, can I ask you to volunteer um, what, what you offered, please? Well, yeah, actually, well, if people go to kerryphipps.com forward slash six, that's the number six, steps, then you'll be able to access the six steps to connecting confidently anywhere. So... I guess you can put that in a URL so people can just click on it. But also, I was just thinking, Brian, that since we're both members of B1G1, I would love it if people tell me, you know, they'll get the automated email, like, to send you the resources that are on that link, the six steps. So you'll get the first 47 pages of the book, so you've got the asking model, and that's what you read through last night. And... That's a great foundation. And then there's also an audio. If you'd rather just, you know, plug something and listen to it while you're, you know, jogging or um, driving, then there's a 
90-minute interview. I think it was nearly 90 minutes because we unpacked the whole asking model <laughs> with uh, Janet Becker's asking me about not just the book writing process but mostly about every letter in the asking model and how to connect with confidence. So that's a really useful resource. And there's a questionnaire on there as well to assess your thinking. So that's a good awareness building activity. But if uh, if people say in an email or connect on Facebook or LinkedIn, always connect with a personal note <laughs> because otherwise we don't know if somebody's just clicking add friend because Facebook suggested it, you know. So send a personal note. Tell me Brian sent you and, uh, and I'll also send a copy of I sent a digital copy of the B1G1 book, which was number one bestseller on Amazon in a couple of categories. It's called Better Business, Better Life, Better World. And that is just such a beautiful collection of members' stories to, you know, advice that we would give our grandchildren, <laughs> not that I have any, but how would we, you know, create a better world? How would we create a better business and a better life? So that's a beautiful inspirational gift as well. So, yeah, I just was inspired then to add that to it fantastic I, I think this is so 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 pertinent at the moment you know the reality is we are in a changing world and i think the dynamics people complain about millennials and so on but the reality is i think the new generation of business owners are coming through and and the and the established ones who are more aware mm. are realizing there's another element to life another element to business so mm. this consciousness and this awareness is I believe growing into a movement that is really a benefit for everybody in humanity. So yes. I don't want to get on my on my on my on my orange box and preach, but I'd just <laughs> like to wrap up by saying, Kerry Phipps, it's been delightful to meet you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much indeed. Everyone, make sure you go to that link. And uh, as I say, if you've got any questions, by all means contact Kerry or contact me. I'll make sure they get answered. So this is Brian Keane from Franchise Simply. Signing off and looking forward to being with you next time when we have our forthcoming Franchise Radio Show.